series i know when we talk about relationship people are like oh a boy and a girl but it goes beyond that relationship with yourself relationship with your family relationship with everybody around you so yes we are still on the relationship series and i have an amazing guest i am always bringing you amazing guests you know that's like a round of applause for me yes so today <laughs> I, I have an amazing lady in the house sherry thank you so very much for coming on the show Oh, Mabel, I am so thrilled to be on here. It's such a privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. So where in the world are you right now? I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, very far away from Dubai, where you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. What's the time now? What's the time there? The time for me is 9 a.m. 9 a.m. That's right. On Tuesday, um, yeah. A Tuesday that's that's basically like 11 12 hours difference but it's fine we'll keep pushing so share <laughs> tell, us, tell us about yourself what do you do yes tell us absolutely so I am a 45 year old woman living in Calgary as I've mentioned I am an entrepreneur my business is called the prosper us group um, and I have a passion project called which it's, it's a podcast and it's called When Religion Unravels. And I would say that my calling, that, that real fire in my belly, that reason that I get out of bed every morning. You're upside down now. Uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that I get out of bed every morning um, is because I love connecting with women who haven't fully connected with themselves yet. Um, and I do that through career coaching and life coaching and really excavating from them their own unique talents, their own unique gifts. Um, and through that, finding their own divine calling for their life. So it's close to being a therapist. Because you get to listen to other people yes. tell you about the problem and you offer solutions. It's amazing. I, I do wonder how um, therapists do it. In a sense, I had um, I had a lady on the show, I think a couple of weeks back, and she's also she she said she was a therapist. And I'm like, okay, you get to sit and you listen to people talk about your problems and you give solutions. Does it affect you mentally, you know, carrying everybody's struggles or burden upon yourself offering solutions do you have somebody that does that for you too you know in as much as we're helping people do you have a community as well that helps you in that aspect I think that's a great question Mabel um, I do have a very tight close circle that if I need to they definitely support me and listen to me but I really don't feel like I take on um, the energy or the burdens of the people that I speak to or that I coach, I, I come at it just so excited to get them to have their breakthroughs. And um, when, when their life starts flourishing, that's just 
fuel for me. Like I'm so excited and I get such a buzz out of that, that it's more energizing than depleting for me. So I, I definitely feel that it's, it's not a burden as much as, as fuel. Amazing. Nice. So we are going to get into today's episode still on the relationship series. And today we are going to focus on you. You are a 45 year old woman and you are going to basically tell us, tell us how your journey has been so far. So good. How your childhood was, your teenagehood, adulthood, and now where you are right now. So firstly, what was your childhood like? What's your background like? I had a really interesting family. And, you know, through through all of this, I want it to be known. I have a great family. I love my parents. Um, but they were born staunch Catholics. But they converted to Jehovah's Witnesses well before I was born. So I was born into the Jehovah's Witness um, culture and religion. I was married to a Jehovah's Witness when I was around 28 years old. Um, but prior to that, living as a Jehovah's Witness is really all-consuming. It's not like you just go to church on Sunday and confess your sins and be done for it for the week. Jeho- being a Jehovah's Witness is your life. It is all-consuming. Everything you do revolves around it. So um, like I said, I was married to one at the age of 28. I was the poster child. I drank the Kool-Aid, all of that up until I was about 30 I'm going to say 34 or 35 when I started having doubts in my religion. Um, And my marriage was really unhappy by that time. I had married just the wrong person for me. He wasn't a bad man, but it was just the wrong person for me. Um, And so at the age of 37, I did what I thought was absolutely impossible because divorce is not permitted in the Jehovah's Witness religion. The only grounds for divorce that you have is adultery or death. So um, there was no cheating and we were both still very much alive. And I, and I really just wasn't subscribing to the faith anymore. So I went through this whole spectrum of there's no way I can leave because your whole world is tied up in that. You don't have friends outside of the religion. Um, And you get, when you leave the religion, you get shunned by everybody, including your entire family. So I went from there's no way I could leave to there's no way I could stay. So at the age of 37, I made the very courageous move to leave um, both the religion and my marriage simultaneously. How was how was that for you leaving your family and your marriage at age 37? How was it? You know what? My first year. I feel like I white knuckled my way through the first year because not only did I leave everything behind. So Jehovah's Witnesses don't have friends outside of the religion. So I had no friends that were not Jehovah's Witnesses. I I was shunned by everybody, no family, no husband, um, no belief system anymore because I had walked away from that. And I was three days into a new job. So there was not one thing in my life that was familiar to me. Um, So like I said, my first year, I just white knuckled it. My second year, I spent, I'm sure, the entire year sick. I maybe had a handful of days when I wasn't sick because my immune system was completely shut down from all the emotional stress. And then for the next 10 years, I went, went through, I would say about 20 years of experiences condensed into 10 years. I feel like my life went on fast forward. And there were four phases 
really to what happened from then till now. And the first one was a real deprogramming um, and deconstructing my belief system. And the second one was of course, rebuilding that belief system. Um, the third one was reconnecting with my own intuition. And then the fourth one was uh, a healing process that really had to happen. And that, you know what, that last part, the healing really just happened in the last even six months. It took me that long to get to that stage. Six months, which is just basically recently. But before we go into those four um, stages, that has been going on how did you you said you you realized you got married to the wrong person what were these signs or how did you know in your heart of hearts that you were married to the wrong person well you have to understand my I had such low self-worth all through growing up I had really bad bulimia anorexia I just it was self-loathing to to the extreme degree. I, I didn't even think about relationships in the way of what do I want out of a relationship? Who would be good for me? My entire mindset was who wants me? And that was it. And it's terribly toxic to think like that, but that was, I didn't know any other way to think. And Jehovah's Witnesses don't have sex before marriage. So, you know, there's a little bit of urgency and you think you're an old maid before <laughs> before most, most women think that they're old maids. <laughs> when, when my husband came along, um, I'm, I'll call him Adam, that's not his real name, but I wanna be respectful of him. When Adam came along, um, you know, he was, he's an emotionally distant man. And, you know, he was so wrong for me, but I didn't even consider any of that. It was just, oh, this man likes me. He thinks I'm pretty at least he said so once, and he wants to marry me. So that was my whole criteria for relationships. So what was the eye opener for you? When did you realize that your belief system didn't work anymore and Adam didn't work anymore? Because this was something you grew up believing. You had no expectations whatsoever. So what, what's, opened your eyes to know or to tell yourself that you deserved more and you were able to work towards getting what you deserved? That's really interesting you asked that because so many people expect me to be able to, to pinpoint an event or something. It wasn't even necessarily that I didn't believe the Jehovah's Witnesses philosophy um, as, as teachings. It wasn't even that I didn't believe it. Um, I just started you know, not going to meetings anymore. Um, I was starting to get very depressed. It was a very intuitive feeling that I'm on the wrong path here and I can't pinpoint it. I can't articulate it, but something is wrong. And I spent a lot of time feeling that way. And of course the, you know, the elders would just tell me, well, I'm not praying enough. I'm not going to an enough, enough meetings. I don't have enough faith. It was always turned back on. There's something fundamentally wrong with me. And I couldn't articulate why, why I felt like I needed to go, but I needed to go. So like I, like I said, it it went from, there's no way I could leave to, there's just no way I can stay. It was feeling very constrained. And I think it must be what, what a caterpillar must feel like when it's time to emerge from their chrysalis and become a, a butterfly. You know, they don't understand. They haven't been a butterfly before. They don't know what's on the other side of breaking out of that chrysalis, but they do. 
Um, and that's really how I felt. I had no idea what was on the other side. I had no idea. I didn't even know if I believed in God anymore. And I loved that I didn't know if I believed in God anymore. My, my entire slate was clean and ripe for the rebuilding. It was, it was beautiful. Nice. Okay. Okay. How did you deprogram? What was your technique? What was your strategy? How did you do it? I'd love to tell you that I had, um, that I had a logical way of doing it because it would have made my life so much easier to have a strategy, Mabel, but I did it by bumping around in the dark. Um, you know, I had to deprogram things like, um, patriarchal abuse that you really go through in that religion. Um, you know, feeling subservient all the time, feeling like you don't have a voice um, and all of that. I had to come across life experiences that came to me that showed me that. And some of them were humiliating. Some of them were degrading. Some of them just forced me to go toe to toe with those belief systems. Um, Another, another one was being judgmental. Jehovah's Witnesses are extremely judgmental because being gay is evil, being political is wrong, like all of these things. I, I left Jehovah's Witnesses being probably the most judgmental person you've ever come across. And so when I came across people that I would start to judge and you catch yourself and, oh, wait a second, that's not actually what I believe. This is a good person. And so you start to, to deconstruct and these belief systems fall away, sometimes in the messiest way possible, the most embarrassing ways possible, but, but it does happen. And it's, it's not an easy process to go through. You said, you mentioned reconnecting. Did you reconnect with your family after you left? Were you able to still keep that relationship no. And you know what? I would say that that's the hardest part of this process. I was so close to my parents and, you know, they always told me I was the favorite daughter, even though they weren't supposed to tell me that when you have six kids, <laughs> but I was their favorite daughter. We had an amazing relationship. I talked to my mom every day. She was my matron of honor at my wedding is how close we were. Um, so for them to suddenly choose their belief system and their religion over their flesh and blood and, and, and abandon me like that. They, they still don't talk to me. They, and they never will. They're, they're quite set in their ways. And even though it sounds like that's a terrible thing for them to do, you have to understand that this is, you know, they, they buy into this, their religion is their life. And they view me as dead. Like this was a death for them. They are gutted. They are sad. They are, they are grieving the loss of me as well. This isn't some cold hearted um, paradigm that they have. It's, it's, you know, very human, very real. And it's very difficult for me to know that I caused them that pain. Yeah, I guess the... <laughs> hard to comprehend. <laughs> It's, I can't, I honestly cannot imagine my life without my, my family, honestly, like even when I get my mom pissed and she doesn't talk to me for a, like, that's basically what works for her. She does the silent treatment and she doesn't talk to me for days, maybe two, three mm -hmm. days. I feel like shit already yeah. just 
couple of days, but this is something you've had to live with or you're still living with for years. And I can't, I honestly cannot imagine the discomfort, the sadness, how, how alone you must feel. Because even if the truth is, even if we're surrounded with all the friends in this world, it still cannot be compared to the love and support we get from family. So, oh, I'm tearing up. Oh my God. <laughs> Such a sweetheart. But can you imagine, Mabel, the abandonment issues that you have when, when you, when your mom and your dad reject you like that? And never mind all my nieces and nephews and my brothers and my sister and, and all of that. It really, it fucks with your mind in a big way. And, and it affects every relationship after. I mean, I've got abandonment issues till kingdom come that I still work through. I'm afraid to get close, close to people which is why my circle of friends is like three, you know, my inner circle is three people. I am so sorry you had to go through that. Nobody, especially- heart, Mabel. <laughs> I try to, I try to stay away from talking about religion on the pod cause that it's a very, it's a very dicey topic talking about religion because I am, I am from a Pentecostal background, my, my mom, my dad, my dad is a pastor. So hearing other people talk about their religion, Catholics, Jehovah Witnesses, um, those um, El Kankas, yes, I don't know if it's a general thing, but we hear it's here where I come from. So hearing people talk about them and how they are so deeply rooted into their religion system, I'm just like, no, I don't think that is that is a line. That is something I want to talk about because people get so lost in religion and they forget their self. So in my head is everybody is serving God. Anyhow, do you want to, any name you want to call him? Yeah, it's fine. But we are all serving this person. But when you now make it, when you make other people hate your religion, I think that's an issue when you're making, now with what you've said, I do not want to be close to any Jehovah Witness. Honestly, I swear. I don't want to be, if you're two feet, 10, do not come close to me. Don't be my friend. Oh. Don't be an acquaintance. Don't, because I can't do that. Because you make me start wondering, should I get pissed at you or I should get pissed at the person up there? And yeah. that is not where I want to be. So I do, I honestly celebrate your strength. It is, it is not easy, especially coming from a family. I wrote a post yesterday. I said, a woman told me when I was growing up, she said, if you have issues outside, if you are at war outside, you can always run home. You can always run home. They will fight for you. But if you have an issue at home, where do you run to? Yeah. And I remember yesterday and I was like, Mm. <laughs> so I do I honestly <laughs> celebrate you it mustn't it's not easy it's not easy so yes you are right now one of the strongest people I know so I do celebrate Thank your you, strength Mabel. and I'm really glad that you bring this up because oh you're amazing um I, I love that you bring this up because I am not anti-religion and I need to make that very clear um, religion is beautiful. It gives people spiritual structure to their life. Um, but there is a dark side. There are religions that are 
either outright cults or they're very cult adjacent. And for me, the dark side comes when they start controlling people and people can no longer think for themselves. Um, so, and that's where I draw the line. Jehovah's Witnesses are very nice people. You know, let, I, I don't want to get it twisted, but their belief system is definitely, you know, don't even get me started. I could, you know, you don't even know half the stories of things that go on, but it's with any religion, you know, Catholics have had to deal with the stain of child abuse, but, you know, in the, in the public eye in a big way, but that is not, you know, they don't have the monopoly on that. You know, that issue is very much alive and well in the Jehovah's Witness culture too. Every religion has their dark side. So I am not anti-religion. I am uh, anti-mind control. And there, there are some, some cult-like qualities to religion that I would definitely not be on board with. So what is your belief system right now? Well, it's really interesting that you ask that because I don't have... A, you know, I don't have a set of dogma or, or beliefs. I went and, and explored everything. I explored Buddhism. I explore, explored witchcraft. I explored everything. And I just, I've got, I just picked a little bit here and there. But instead of calling it religion for me, um, the things that I believe are what everyone else believes. I just put different words to it. Where someone might say they were moved by Holy Spirit, I say I was moved by my intuition or by channeling or whatever it is. We're all we're all saying the same thing in a different language, yeah. you know. So I don't ever want to separate myself from from everybody by saying this is what I believe because we're all kind of in the same boat. But what I am strong in is following my inner wisdom, my intuition, you know, I, I connected with some spiritual advisors along the way, as I became ready for them, I delved into dream interpretation, um, which was really interesting, which led me to understand what my own gifts are, which is um, healing, and channeling and being a counselor and a leader for other people. These are the gifts that I've discovered in myself that are natural born to me. And, and I just, you know, people say love is my religion. And it sounds a little corny, but it kind of is, you know, we just have to love everybody and accept everybody at their ugliest. So what yeah. was the, aside from when you left, what was the first step to healing, to consciously healing? Well, you know what, the healing is probably the part of the process that most people miss, because they feel like just because they're functioning in life, that you know they've gotten over the hurt, <clears throat> they've done the deprogramming, they figured out their belief system, they're functioning very highly in life. They feel like that's healing and that isn't. What I really learned was that healing means finally dealing with the grief around what happened. And this came up for me about six, six months ago. I was feeling very stuck in my life and my career and everything that I was trying to do and I didn't understand why until this lady came along, this beautiful, beautiful soul. And she just said one simple word to me that had me in a puddle of tears. And it just pricked me in my, in my heart. And she just said, you have to honor your grief. And it, and it just started this cascade of emotions that I had to deal with um, and just sit with everything that happened. I did everything, you know, in the end, everything was right. 
but I hadn't dealt with the grief and dealing with the actual grief and sitting with that and, you know, grieving the loss of my parents, grieving the injustice of it all, grieving all the time wasted um, in my life, if you want to view it from that way, of not getting an education and, you know, the poverty that I've, I've dealt with, the, you know, there was suicide attempts in the 10 years um, after I left because it was a very difficult journey. I shouldn't say attempts. I'm sorry. I had a suicide attempt while I was still in the religion, but I contemplated suicide after I left, you know, the bulimia, all of that, like you just have so much to grieve. And until you get through that, there's no avoiding it. On the other side of grief is where people find their true divine calling, their own unique set of gifts that make them who they are and how they can then show up in the world and be of service to others. So healing is an important part that most people, they don't ignore it, but I don't think they appreciate that that's what they need to go through. It's a very scary thing to go toe to toe with. Yeah, it is. I think we'd rather bury all yes. of that and just move on because, you know, it's like opening opening the wounds. There's a lot mm -hmm. of hearts. There's a lot of baggage. There are a lot of memories. We would just rather talk away, <laughs> just throw it deep into the oceans. But the thing is, what I believe, what I have come to realize is till we consciously make that decision to heal, it will keep affecting each and every relationship. That's when you feel you are going in circles and you keep repeating the same thing over and over again. So till you treat that first, um, the first story or where it originated from, you would keep going in circles. So yes, yes, it is important. It is as hard as it may be. It is important that we heal. Yes, absolutely important. very well said Mabel very well said because it does keep coming back and it shows up you know how do you know if you still have healing to go through you keep attracting the same wrong person into your life you keep attracting the same boss into your life that's impossible to work with you have you know maybe an eating disorder or you overeat and you have a weight problem. These are all, you know, maybe you drink too much. Maybe you have a small dependency on prescription pills. There are so many ways that the grief shows up. And the more you stuff it down, the more it manifests in ways that I've just described. Um, and, but subconsciously we're so scared of it because it's a very strong emotion. So we just suppress and we suppress and we suppress. So yeah, it's, it's not for the faint of heart to go through your, your shadows, but it's, it's not impossible. Everybody will live through it, I promise you. And with the right gu uh, guidance, with the right coach, with the right support, it's absolutely doable. And the, and the benefits are just unbelievable. Yes, it is. Where would you say you are mentally right now? What's your, your mental health like? You know what, I, and this is very recent for me, I, I have to be open about that, because I did just go through this grieving process, go through a lot of cutting the ties with mom and dad and religion and, and all of that. And I am so, I, I didn't understand that my level of joy and exuberance for life could be this high. I, I fucking love what I do. Like, I love connecting with people. I love helping them through their stuff. 
um, you know, because I'm a healer at heart, that that just comes through naturally with with who I'm dealing with. It was no surprise to me um, that I ended up in my career for 17 years being an executive assistant because it's a very subservient role to somebody in power and you take a lot of crap and you just do what you're told and, and so on. So now what I do um, in the Prosperous group with my company and coaching these executive assistants is there is an undercurrent in all of them that's just, they, they have the heart of a servant and sometimes it's, it's at the toxic level instead of the healthy level. So I love walking them through their career. I love helping them heal from their past issues so that their careers can thrive. It's just my mental state in, in that space is just through the roof. I love it. I am genuinely happy for you. Honestly, Thank I am. <laughs> so guys, this brings us to the end of this emotional episode. Sherry got me crying. Like you guys saw me <laughs> cry. But yes, it was worth it. So Sherry, any last words for what would you want to tell people? Any additional no. words? Thank you for that. Um, and by the way, you're, you getting emotional just shows your very beautiful heart. And I just, I so honor that. And I love that. And I'm, I'm so privileged to know you for this time. Um, but, you know, anybody who's going through their own stuff, everybody has a story. Everybody has a background. Mine is unique to me, but it's not unique. The fact that all of this has happened. So I would say, reach out to somebody there's so much power in collaboration. There's so much power in the tribe. Um, and I know I talk about women and I know that this relates to men as well, but my, my passion is towards women. Um, reach out, find your tribe, find, find a coach. And when you do, you know you're ready for it. Otherwise they wouldn't come into your life, but lean on other people, be open, be vulnerable. It does take courage to go through your stuff, but you know that courage is so well rewarded thank you so much so guys talk to people be vulnerable it is not easy <laughs> it no, is not, not easy especially with a world where uh, a lot of people judge than listen a lot of people actually do that but do find the right community and share your story somebody out there might be able to help so this concludes this week's episode we are still on the relationship series we are not just talking about lovers you your relationship with yourself your relationship with your family your relationship with your spouse and yes your relationship with god we are going to talk about that when we are concluding the relationship series you do not want to miss any episode thank you so very much for listening if you are listening alone you know the drill it is so wrong tell your friends tell your lovers tell your haters to listen to the podcast it could help <laughs> anyone sherry thank you so very much thank you bye guys